Hey everyone and welcome to the Modern Employer podcast. We have been away for a while, but we are back with some refreshing and progressive content as always. I'm really happy to be here. My name is Olya Yakshina and I'm a head of people at Switchy. For those of you who have been away for so long, you don't remember who we are anymore. <laughs> uh, as always with me here is Karthika. Hi everyone, um, I'm Kafka. Um, I'm head of people at Peace Mojo. Um, and yes, I'm excited to be back, a little bit nervous. Don't know how this is gonna go, but I hopefully it's really important stuff we're gonna be telling you about. Definitely. And we always speak about some important stuff, don't we? But this particular episode is something that is really close to our hearts. This is something that the Modern Employer podcast group has been personally involved with. And um, we, we feel really privileged and we feel really humbled to be speaking to our listeners about this today. We feel it is really important for um, for everybody, really, the employer and the employee journey and experience. Uh, today, we are going to be talking about cancer at work. Yes, very important um, to talk about cancer at work. Um, a little bit of explanation on our hiatus. Um, so as Olya mentioned, um, we're going to be talking about it because um, I myself, um, on a personal note, um, have been suffering um, with uh, treatments and cancer at the moment. And um, we wanted to be vulnerable enough to let, let our listeners know why we took the hiatus, um, mostly because of this. And absolutely everyone's life goes ahead and all of us have been very busy um recently obviously we've just we're still in the pandemic but you know we're navigating a more normal life and that has had a lot of change management for a lot of people um and also on top of this um my diagnosis as well so hopefully um the benefit of talking about this and being vulnerable and talking about how i'm working um at the moment will encourage a lot of employers, will encourage a lot of our um, people teams. Um, it'll also probably help um, colleagues who are going through very similar situations. Um, and hopefully in my journey can help those around me as well. Um, just a bit of a disclaimer, um, everyone's cancer journey is different. So if you are listening, um, because you are going through something very similar, um, I just want you to know that everyone's is different and how you choose to work um, during the time when you have been diagnosed is totally up to you. Um, I hopefully this is just what has helped me and what is useful to me. Um, everyone is different. Everyone's journey is different. And there is absolutely no playbook at all. And this is just my personal journey. So hopefully this can help um, a few people. And, you know, before we even go into this and talk about this, um, I just want to give you, Karthika, just a, a massive applause and shout out and respect for, uh, for sharing your journey and for showing that um, and for sharing it with our listeners and just being that, um, that person who stepped forward to talk about their experience. As you said, I think it would be 
uh, it could be really helpful um, for those who are going through this at the moment as well. And it could also be just another level of depth and, and context for employers, because a lot of a lot of us as heads of people, people managers, um, you know, talent acquisition managers, etc. Uh, not many of us actually have come across this and I have certainly never come across this before in my career. So having having this conversation, I feel would be super helpful to just people from both sides of the stick here. Absolutely. You can't go wrong with that. Absolutely. Um, it is something obviously very, very personal to individuals and how they go through through that is very uh, different. But um, myself being part of the people people team, um, you know, <laughs> because it's happening to me, I'm dealing with it very very differently. Um, and I think it, it is very difficult for my own for our own people teams to to deal with something like this because. Um, not everyone will go through it in their lives, um, but you know most people are touched by by cancer once in their life at least, um, either through indirectly or directly um, through a relative or or personal circumstances. So um, it does happen more often than you think, um, and so hopefully um, I can help those to be prepared um, for when it does happen. Let's start from the beginning here. Um, the way that we wanted to structure this podcast today is we, we just wanted to walk you through the journey here. And I'm going to be asking Kartika some questions around her experience and uh, what, she's, uh, what she had to go through and how she had to adapt her, um, her career and, and her work-life balance on the back of this. So starting from um, where we can <laughs> this was this was some months back wasn't this Karthika tell us the story from diagnosis yeah it was um, a few months ago um, and uh, you know when I first so I have I did have it initially um, back in 2018 um, and you know I was in remission doing very well um, with my life um, and I think, you know, during that time, um, your mentality changes the first time around. Um, your mentality to life changes a lot. Um, you, I, I sort of went back into, uh, after my remission, I went back into sort of working really hard, going into a company. Um, I changed a lot of my career back in 2018, actually, and my focuses. Um, and then, Again, a few months ago, I was re-diagnosed and this time it was a very much a different story. And as I said, everyone's journey is very different, but this time it hit me very much differently. Um, all for the reason of, I was doing incredibly well at work and I'd kind of come to a point where, um, you know, like I thought nothing could stop me um, really. And so, um, getting that diagnosis was was shocking, surprising a little bit, um, I would say, um, especially because I thought I, you know, I'm all, all okay. So, um, and I just didn't think that it could happen to me again. And no one thinks it could happen to them, right? Like, I think that's what's 
hugely shocking that in a day that somebody tells you something like this and your whole life changes um your whole life is meant to change that that's the whole point of this um and i think when i got diagnosed i i, I think i was i was a little bit shocked i was a little bit like relieved at least i got a diagnosis you know a lot of a lot of people um cancer or not like do not get a diagnosis right um they suffer in silence for a long time um and so i was really happy that you know relieved in some sense that i had a diagnosis i had a plan there was a treatment in place but um it just to me it meant i'm gonna have to change my life again and i was just about on the path of doing very well at work so how how do i do that basically that is just in it's incredibly you know just trying to <laughs> trying to sound strong here and supportive but still just listening to to that um it's difficult because obviously we're we're a compassionate bunch of people here on this podcast <laughs> the people listening are um are all very compassionate and empathetic and going you know going ahead and trying to imagine how this must have felt for you is obviously very very tough i i would assume and it's tough tough for me just also listening even though i already know the story a little bit <laughs> Um, but yeah, just kind of hearing that again, I could appreciate just how heavy this could hit that realization and that diagnosis. But then going back from this, you kind of you've mentioned that you had to change a few things and you were doing so well in your role in your career. How did you go about kind of opening up about this back to your workplace? That's a good question. So I think when my initial diagnosis happened the first thing you think is oh oh shoot it's all about me in that very moment then you look to the side to the person who you know they always ask you can you bring someone to these appointments um because obviously you need support and you need your support system there and you turn to the side of you and you look to the person next to you who who is there to support you and as you said on it it's difficult even for you to listen to it but um that day you know the person supporting me was sat by my side and crying and in that moment I was like it's not just affecting me it's going to affect everyone um and you do want to think about yourself in that moment um, but naturally you don't, you think about how does this affect my family? How, if I, you know, stopped working, like lots of things go through your brain during that point. Um, how, how will it affect my family? If I stopped working, what, what, what will it do? What, how do I, you know, how do I get past this? Um, the government in itself, do I have to search for government like funding, like to make sure that I can survive um, whilst I go through treatments? You know, lots of things go through your head and you're like, how do I do all of this research? And I've just been told this big news. And so I think before I told my workplace, I had to, it took me probably a month after diagnosis to tell my workplace 
Now that was, some of you might think, oh, that's a long time, right? Why wouldn't you say it sooner? Um, you know, anything could happen to you in that time. But yeah, why wouldn't you say it sooner? And I, I have had um, people ask me, why, why wouldn't you come and tell us sooner? Or why, why did you decide to, to wait? Um, I think everyone's journey is very different and all of the decisions that they have to make are very different. Um, and so telling my workplace had to be something that was well thought out, that I understood what I was going to do, what my action plan was, because in the moment when, when I first got diagnosed and I was looking at the person crumbling next to me, I realized that without an action plan and I went and told my workplace without it, they're going to crumble. And maybe it's not for me to, to think about it like that, but I did want to think about what my future was going to hold. So I did talk to my family. I, I did think about like my options. I, I wrote it all down before I went to my workplace. Um, and I didn't naturally, you know, think that's the first step I should take. Um, this was the step that I felt that I needed to take um, also to come to terms with what this meant for me. And I also wanted one month for them to kind of figure out a treatment plan for me to figure out maybe my prognosis to figure out all of these things before I went and blurted something out that, um, you know, it's very personal to me. So um, I did discuss it with my family. I made an action plan of, of options of what I could go back to to Vita Mojo with and to my employer with of how I would like to work and what, what this means, essentially. Um, and yeah, that, that's where I started. And that's how basically I told um, my workplace. It almost feels like you kind of, obviously at Vita Mojo, you are, um, you, you are in the position where if something like this happened to your employees, you would be the one trying to help them take care of us, trying to help them put a plan together, trying to accommodate them. But then in this, in the sense as well for you, it was kind of like that added layer of even at work, you would still be your own support system because you would be the person who would have to come up with what to do. So it's it's kind of, um, it's a very heavy process to be going through. I feel like if we had, um, if we had, let's say an employee from a particular department who maybe had a, a diagnosis and then they needed to tell their work, even to just say, I have to go to doctor appointments from now on to figure out my diagnosis. They Maybe they would feel like saying that early was enough for the employer or something like that, because then they would, for them, that employer would be there for so their support system at, at early on, hopefully. But then for you, again, it's, it was almost like you are your own support system. How are you going to, who are you going to go and tell? You're just going to, as you said, you, you're just going to make them crumble and make them also worried um, because, 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 yeah, you would be the person that would normally come up with a, <laughs> with a support system for the employee, wouldn't you? And, and that's exactly it. And I think you've hit the nail on the head there, Ali. It's like, 
I think seeing people crumble makes the person who was diagnosed or the person going through this generally um, sad um, is the word I could use, sad, but also quite like responsible, right? Um, responsible for, um, you know, for making you feel that way um, for, you know, it, it is a heavy topic. Um, but the last thing, you know, you want to necessarily do is, um, you know, and I think this is why a lot of people may, may not say a lot of things when they've been diagnosed, um, may not even say to their people teams, um, you know, I, I've been diagnosed because the first thing that I think runs through their, a lot of people's brains when that happens is, how am I going to continue working? How am I going to make finances meet? Um, it's what ran through mine. And I know a lot of other people in my um, support groups have felt the same. And then they decide not to tell and, um, and just say, I'm going to a doctor's appointment um, without really saying what they're going through. And I think that's a thing of the past. And I mean, look, like I don't know a lot of other employers, but if you're with a good employer um, and, you know, I feel like they should be, they should understand it and they're, they're there to support you. And in all honesty, when it comes to all of this, finances do grow, go through your brain. But I think, you know, there are a lot of laws and employment laws protecting those who are going through this. Um, and yeah, I did think to myself, if I'm put on long-term sickness or, or whatnot, or, or they put me on that um, as part of sickness pay, what am I going to do? Um, because I might not be able to afford a lot of things. I can't afford my mortgage. What happens then? Like, and that does go through your brain. I, I don't know why. It, it's a natural, maybe it's natural for a lot of people. Definitely. I think it's at the end of the day, like it's your survival, right? Your, your, your immediate survival and what it depends on the roof over your head, the food on the table, that sort of thing. But also just this just highlights to me the point what you mentioned before you said, like, this is the, this is the old days. This is how it used to be. That is like the, there's almost this perception that the employer is inherently bad, that they are there to make money and use you as a human resource. And if you cannot be a resource, then they don't need you or you become vulnerable, you become insecure and unsafe, uh, right? So it's kind of that, that whole narrative. And I feel like sometimes um, when people find themselves in such difficult situations, it, they, their brain enters that survival mode. They automatically go and think about all of the ways that they need to survive and they need to go through the situation. And naturally they will have some, some maybe irrational, but maybe some rational negative thoughts and scenarios come into their head. And it's just so unhelpful at that stage to um, appear to be I'm just, I'm talking right now to those of us who are in a position of people, teams, people, operations, and employers, CEOs, those of you, 
it's really unhelpful for you at that moment to be that driving force behind these negative belief systems that your employees who have been diagnosed and are already in a bad place to, to be having. So you don't want to be that employer who they automatically assume they are unsafe with. So I, I think kind of another reason why I love the fact that Karthika, you are opening up to everyone on this and sharing your story is because we want to give our listeners this peace of mind and this opportunity to think ahead how are you going to create a situation where people will not make that automatic assumption for people who will hopefully be comfortable enough to seek support because as Karthika just said to everyone here on <laughs> it is within the employment law it is within the legal system it is within your responsibility to still support them through things like this and maybe when you have your long-term sick leaves plans and policies maybe you'll have some additional support for for these things some additional thing as a perk health insurances anything like that that you can speak openly about and share information about participate in awareness days or anything that will for the future let your employees believe that if they were to go through anything like that, you are there and you have their back. They shouldn't be scared to raise it up. What right. do you think? Absolutely. I think a lot of a lot of employers need to get on, on this. And look, like I always say, drive your, your policies with humanity, right? Um, I think a lot of people think what we do as a people team and some people teams are still in in that state where where um a policy is everything right like you think like your your employer they basically go to their policy and handbook and suddenly a policy is written out um <laughs> for you and it and it's like oh and this is it this is this is your value as a policy and I personally think like when it comes to something like this, treat people with you as humanly as possible. That's all I can say. That's all of the tips I can give because there is no policy out there that can help this person, right? Um, going through this. But as, as Oli said, there is support that a business can give. And that is what is the most important thing in that moment. And to address any concerns that a person might have, especially during this sort of during this time, um, because in all honesty, um, you know, a person going through this, if you, you have to ask the question, um, you have to ask the question, what does concern them during this time? And a lot of people will be honest. I, I think actually that to me is one of the biggest supportive questions someone could ask me. What is the biggest concern that you have right now? That um, is so helpful. Write this down, people. Write <laughs> it down because look, then you can, you can go away and build on that, right? You might not. Like, look, like I'm not saying as a startup, you need all of, and a scale up or, or a business that you need all of these perks right now 
<laughs> and go and build it for somebody who might not even have this right now in, in your um, in your like company. But what I'm saying is, in that moment, if someone asked me, what is the support you think you need, or what are the concerns? In fact, rewording it, well, not what is the support you think you need, but what is the concerns? And then working from there, because, you know, I think that's a question Mojo asked me, what are the concerns that I had? And I, I said, you know, like, um, my support group gave me enough, my, um, you know, kind of support, because I could talk to somebody who, who's going in a similar situation. But you know, I think I need to talk to, to a therapist, like to really a therapist or, or some sort. And obviously VM Vida Mojo had, had, a, had, had that. Um, they had spill sessions. I could use as many as I wanted. And that to me in that moment is the concern that I had of, I don't necessarily have an external support system that isn't my family because talking to your family is very intense and talking to your friends is very intense. Like they, some get it, some don't. Like, and there are things that you need to talk to an external person who doesn't know you very well um, because that's how, what I felt like in that moment is part of my concern. And also, you know, I, I felt like, you know, with the amount of treatments that I was having how was I going to be able to do a very much a role in a scale up environment where things change so quickly? How was I going to keep up? And I think the business has done a really good job of supporting me with the time that I've needed, um, et cetera. So I think that's where like opening up about the concerns has been very useful because it's not just about you and the business. It's about your team around you as well and how and their ways of working with you too i think here again you're you're touching on a on a, on some important subject so he, being able to navigate through your treatments and and that work-life balance um and those open communications with your employer about what you need and then them giving you the space to do what you need to be doing. Do you have any tips for the audience here, both from the your personal journey, how do you manage that working and having treatment, but also from the employer perspective, um, how, how should employers best enable people to have that balance? So I think, as I said, everyone's journey is very different with this, but I can speak to my own. Um, so, you know, obviously my journey was that they gave me a treatment plan. And um, as soon as a treatment plan came out and I, I went to my manager and also the team, I'm very, very open with my, with the team, um, with everyone at Mitomojo, not just my uh, like immediate team, like the people team, but everybody, because we collaborate a lot um, with everybody, but I'm very open with, with how I'm working. And so, uh, you know, I said, these are my treatment times. And I think my manager's first question was, um, do you need more time off? Um, and I said, like, maybe, you know, I, I don't know yet. 
ultimately. I think this is going to be a bit of a trial and tested trial and error um, kind of situation. And but I'm going to be open about what I'm doing. I'm going to be open about the communication. I'm going to be open about if they ch change my treatment. Um, and because it's really important because, you know, tomorrow I might get a different treatment plan and that might throw off everything um, today, like that, the way that I'm working today. And for a lot of people that, you know, when you're working in a fast-paced environment and especially in, in, in a role that I'm in, um, where people are reporting into me or I'm managing, um, that can be quite, um, you know, detrimental to them. Um, but right now I had to change the way I worked. I was very open with my reports. I, I said, this is a treatment. This is going to be what my treatment is going to look like. Um, I'm going to be off on a Wednesday afternoon, or I'm going to be off on a Thursday afternoon, or I'm, I'm going to have to have do this next week. Um, that was really important. And the fact is, I'm very thing about making sure that my reports um, know like what they're doing the week up, like one week in advance, because I don't know what I'm doing next week. And that's the reality of this. I don't know what I'm going to be doing next week. So I think it's really open comms with everyone that I frankly don't know what I'm going to be doing next week. Um, I don't know what my plans of treatment look like. I don't know how my body is going to feel next week. I could go to chemo this week and feel absolutely fine the next day or the next day my body really just cannot work. And I just don't know. I, I can wake up in the morning and just not know how I feel. And I think that's what for a lot of people is going to impact them. Um, and, you know, I'm just open. I wake up in the morning. If I'm not feeling well, I tell everyone I'm just not feeling well. I'll see how I feel in the afternoon. And being honest with yourself and giving yourself that respite of not, you know, like not pleasing everyone um, at the same time. But knowing that a healthy you and a better working you is going to be more helpful to the team in the long run. Um, so, and I think it shows... For, for me, at least, if you can be open, it shows that kind of good leadership and your team know like how they can support you as well. Um, I always set things in my diary. And that's a top tip. Um, if you've got treatments planned, set it in your diary straight away. Um, I also then, you know, now I've also the next morning after um, it, I also try to... Um, try to not have meetings or say decline meetings um, the morning after just in case I don't feel very well. Um, so I think there are things that you can do, set your, set your time in your diary, put more time in your diary, allocate some um, times in your diary. I have to do steroid treatment, so I have to um, do a lot of injections and things like that. Um, so, you know, that's quite difficult when we're, I'm a hybrid working model at Mojo. So um, I, we do um, team days in the office, etc. Now, you know, one of those things was, it's a bit of a concern for me because it's, you know, day after my treatments. Um, so I, I do make it a point of saying, I will be there if I can. 
I never, never promise it. Um, and yeah, I just, I make sure the people around me know if I'm feeling comfortable with them hugging me or not, or if I'm not in that mood. Um, so I do make things more, more obvious now. And I think vocalization is really important. Um, I will say one thing for a lot of people that is very tiring. So um, as an employer, if you can, if you, you can get someone's plan and see and work with them and set these things into their diary and give them as much opportunity as possible to succeed. I think that's what you should, you should be doing as an employer. So we are just coming to the end of our episode here. And I just wanted to say again, Karthika, you have been an absolute hero sharing your story and being so open and being so honest and just sharing your journey here. It's, it's very humbling and it's also very inspiring. It's very encouraging. Um, as you said, cancer just has this ability to touch so many of us, whether directly or indirectly. And it's just it's just a conversation that doesn't really happen because mm. it's not very fun and not many people are talking about it. And then when it does happen, not many people know how to deal with it. So just again, massive shout out and massive thank you to you for stepping up to this and for sharing your journey and uh, hopefully enabling our listeners today to be able to take something away. So in this last couple of minutes, I'm just going to summarize what we went through. Um, we discussed um, we discussed with all of you today just why talking about cancer at work is so important. And we talked about how, as an employer, you could be setting an environment that is accepting and welcoming and approachable for employees that may be diagnosed with cancer or going through cancer treatment. Uh, we've also discussed some helpful tips and advice of how the employee may be able to navigate their treatment when it, when it comes to also working at the same time and how an employer can support their employees as well while they're going through treatment. That is scheduling everything in the calendar as much as possible or just giving those employees the space and the freedom and enough headspace also to understand how cancer is affecting them and how their particular treatments are affecting them as well. None of this is set in stone. All of this is constantly evolving and the experiences for everybody are incredibly personal. So we have to be compassionate here. We have to be empathetic and we have to create the right psychologically safe environment to take us further being good human and <laughs> that's that's what we that's what we all try to do at the end of the day and providing that good human environment for all of the humans we employ thank you so much Kartika and thank, thank you everybody as well for for being with us today thank you everyone for listening today I can't I yeah I can't thank you enough for always listening to to us and constantly supporting us in what we do and um and you know my journey is just one one of many probably others who are going through similar things and um hopefully as employers um you take something away today of being human just be human um and i think um 
for those who are going through their personal journey with cancer, please just make sure that you take care of yourself. Um, you are the most important thing in the world. Um, there's nothing else more important than you. And I hope that resonates with you um, because obviously there's nothing more important than you being happy, healthy and safe. Um, so yes. And thank you everyone. Thank you everyone. Bye for now. Bye.